Hello, hello. I'm here with the Comedy's Best Kept Secret Tour podcast with Nicholas Goliath. How are you? I'm beautiful. How are you? Thank so. you. What a professional. You didn't bring the mic up until the, the exact second. That's all. That's all. <laughs> professional. Thank you for doing this. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That's how I said it. Oh, wait? Oh, wait. So, people have been giving me advice. Yeah. That's what happens when you go to another country. And um, some of the advice is bad. But uh, people were telling me to greet the crowd in their native tongue every time I get on stage uh, so that I'm here to that community. Whereas I was like, if I do that, they're going to think that I speak their native language, and then I expect you to speak their native language. But if the next thing I say is in English, I'm I'm done. South Africans are very very forgiving, man. And um, hang on, this never happened. Welcome to the Comedy's Best Gift to get to a podcast. I'm Dan Frigolette, uh, here with Nicholas Goliath. We just did uh, like 10 or 15 seconds of no podcast, so this is... Yeah, the best 10 or 15 seconds of this podcast. Yeah, this is ab- not, in history. Not been recorded. It's never going to happen again. Damn it. So, th- so thank you for being here. Thank you for being um, on time, which in South Africa is... You're actually very early. I'm very early. I was in the area. I haven't seen this experience. Um, every show that starts at 8 has started at... Half past nine so far. We at the club. Everywhere, club? not no, your club. No, 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 I'm not gonna. I'm yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I like it immediately. Yes, I have to defend our club. Yes. Our club is well, this is Nicholas world. Goliath of the Goliath and Goliath and the Goliath Comedy Club. I don't. I didn't understand the impact that you guys had until I got out here. You know, I think I feel like I still don't know the impact of of what we've done. Yeah. Um. Because for us, it never, it was never a business, man. We were just doing the thing because we yeah, loved the thing. right. Um, and then just, like, I think we actually just try and put it out of our minds. And yeah. And not, not, not let it get to us because I feel like the egos can get a bit sure. boosted. Um, and we never want to get to that point. We just want to keep doing what we do. Yeah. But I, 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 I met your brother. I met uh, Jason the first night. Uh, and, I, and the problem was I had been in South Africa for four days and I had done comedy yet, which... For anyone, can be a very sad moment if they're a comedian. Mm. So I was just sad, and then I met your brother, and he, he was fantastic. Cousin. But we were just hanging out. Your cousin, Jason's yeah, cousin. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know all no. the. Sorry. So, so let me let me yeah, get please, back. Please, so, please. So Jason and Kate Cousins. are siblings. They brother sister. Yeah. Um, I am their cousin. Our dads are brothers, and Donovan is not related at all to anyone to I- any of us. His oh. surname just happens to be Goliath. Oh. Um, and he happens to be a comedian, and he probably started because Jason and I started comedy third of July, twenty eleven. Yeah, the first time on stage. Donovan had probably started six to eight months before that. Okay, interesting. Um, so it was we were sort of came into the industry together. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. That sort of because they they'd heard about each other. Don used to be an art director. Oh wow. Jason used to be a, an ad guy. Well, he's an ad guy in a lot of. Oh areas. wow. So people in the industry always assumed that they were brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's not a bad problem to have. They're both very problem. funny. Not a bad problem. Yeah. And it works for us, man. Yeah. It works. So yeah. that's where the name comes from. The Goliath, Goliath, and Goliath. Goliath and Goliath. Okay. Family name and yes. Donovan gets Perfect. his own Goliath. Oh, that's why. Mm. Oh, very cool. Okay, now I'm understood. Cool. Um, so, yes, you were speaking to Jason. Jason. You were very sad after four days of no Well, the, the, the point was that Jason was hanging out and we were just talking and we were like meeting each other. And then, and then like a, uh, a pile of children came up and was like, hey, can I take a picture with you? It's yeah. Jason. And I was like, what's happening? I was like, how... I was like, I need to like check myself. Like, this is like this. This is an important person. Yeah, uh, it was beautiful. No, it's, it's beautiful. wonderful. Jason, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been dealing with that, uh, and now it's slowly starting to happen to me as well. With nice. people asking to take photos, which is very cool. Um, but yeah, Jay's Jay's been is uh, is a household face, man. Yeah. Everybody knows Jason. Yeah, he's been on TV for for years. He started out as like I say, 
in adverts. Yeah. H- had his own TV show, um, comedy, all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've seen everyone else. I've seen I've seen a fair amount of of South African comedians do do comedy this week. I got really lucky. A bunch of guys that ended up in Cape Town, Robbie and Mo Matembe and all these guys. I got a chance to work with them. I I met uh, um, Luisa Matinga like four days before the big news big announcement. Man, um, what so a I feel place. like I'm in the I feel like I'm in the thing. No, this it's is beautiful. Comedy, I'm in the thing. Comedy in South Africa is exploding yeah. at the moment. Like it's it's been building up. I say for the past five years. Yeah. But I feel like now, from 2018, we're taking over it's the world. It's big, man. It's big. We're going well, in. I was trying to explain it to people. Because people were just like, why did you come here? And I, and, and in my head, because comedy's, uh, what, 20, 28 years old? You know, whenever you lift uh, censorship, the first thing, the first art form that, that becomes very good is comedy. Because you're finally like, I could say everything. Yeah. And you guys are this 28-year-old scene. And so for me, it's like, it's like going back in time and going to when comedy was the purest in the U.S., you know, seventies, eighties, nineties, and that's and and that's exactly what it is. I mean, it really is. People are uh, and 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 then you guys are doing a very good job um, educating crowds yeah. as to what comedy is and what the respect level should be on both sides. Yeah, but well, that's something that we have to do um, because what we we found is that audiences don't understand comedy no no they, they haven't had experience with comedy we don't even have a theater culture yeah. in south africa so people people are not really aware of of how it works and that you get on stage and say whatever you want to say and it's it's so i i do a thing at the club i'm, I'm sure you saw jason probably did it when he was hosting um but just like a warm-up so even if we're not on the lineup we're not hosting if one of us are there we have to go and just do a warm-up and just just to explain to the audience, yeah, cool, this is what's going to happen. We can talk about all types of things. Don't be offended. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Um, and what we find is that it just makes the show so much better. Yeah, it gives the, gives the comedians the best opportunity. Yeah, to just say what they want to say and not have to to check themselves. That's the. I think that's the one of the most important phrases. And and we'll do it in the U.S. and and I'll try to do it at shows. And we'll say, look, nobody's here uh, allowed to leave butt hurt. Like yeah. That's the best way we've we've come up with a way to say it is butt hurt. Because um, this is a comedy show, and like you, you know, the the fact that 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 everybody thinks that their little thing is should be protected now is is getting is getting fierce in the U.S. Oh, you know, everywhere. I don't know if you saw the news the day after the Dave Chappelle special came out. There, there was twenty five articles telling Dave that he couldn't say the things that he said, uh, which is insane. It's ridiculous, and uh, you know the thing for me is like I I get so upset. I had an argument with my wife in the week. Um, speaking about that exact thing, that that everybody wants to stand up for something like this. As comedians, I, I feel like we we in s- such danger all the time. No yeah. matter what you say, you can't talk about men, can't talk about women, can't talk about yeah. race, can't talk about religion. Then I'm just, and that's why it's just when you've paid your money, that's your acceptance that whatever happens here, I'm not going to be offended. Yeah. No, and I appreciate, and, and, and I did see a couple. This vi- it, it's it was it was one of, and I was there four nights. One tiny little altercation, which was a guy came to buy tickets and they were sold out. And then he started name dropping and doing this. And I know this guy. He's oh, gonna come over Donovan? here. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I heard the story. And the whole thing, you know. And then he came back like he's like, "Look, I'm not gonna call whatever this fake, you know, Russian man's name is, is supposed to sound impressive, but I, I'm here for an apology." And, and I like that the club, the manager, and everybody just stood their ground and were like, no. Yeah. We yeah. haven't done anything wrong to you. You came here. We, the was, show was sold out. Uh, and and then you made a scene. Exactly. For no reason. Yeah. And apparently he'd said, yeah, it, 
it the the problem his problem was that there wasn't a sold out sign on the window. Yeah, well, you could just make up whenever whenever you feel like it's a thing. Now you just you can make up whatever you want. Yeah. Like you could have bought your tickets at any time. You could have got here on time. Exactly. The show had already started when he, when this happened. Exactly, and we've got online ticket sales. Like it's people just think that they're too important. Yeah, I had this. I had this experience. So while I'm here, I was Airbnb in my place, and it's getting more and more uh, upsetting. But I had a guy who. Uh, I said, listen, I'm in South Africa. I need to be able to uh, buzz you in. That's how you enter the apartment. And then once you buzzed in, you have all the access to everything. Uh, please tell me when you'll arrive. And I didn't hear from the guy. Then day of, he's like, hey, my car broke down. Uh, I'm going to be there in a couple hours. By this point, it's going to be, for me, 4 a.m. That so you need to buzz him in. Right. So, no, so now it's incredibly. But he doesn't know when he's going to get the car thing figured out, whatever, whatever. So he buzzed me in. Of course, I sleep through it. Uh, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, where are you? I can buzz you in now. And it's not even like it's not even it's not 4 a.m. in the U.S. It's like 6 p.m. Yeah. yeah. So he could have gone to dinner. Like yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah. And this guy's freaking out, and he starts telling me that if in this situation, uh, in the past, people have given him a free night stay. And I was like, this guy is this is what he does. This is just yeah. like his move. Is he does a thing, he makes a scene, and then he asks for a free night. And then he goes in and he starts taking pictures of stuff. Like the, he doesn't like the way something was. He found hair somewhere. He's like taking pictures of things. And I was like, you know what? How about this? Stay the night. Uh, tomorrow leave, and I'll just give you all your money back. Just get out yeah. of my house. Have a free night. Just go away. You can have all the nights free. Just but as long as you leave now. You yeah. know what I mean? But that's that's sort of the culture that we that we're. Um, uh, cultivating yes is is that I'm so important uh, and that everything that I feel is uh, justified yes and you guys uh, you guys are doing a job so you say you know and the other I think the other part I think is is important that you have the wall and you tell them that this is when the comedians are done yeah so that the comedian can't be self-important because if they didn't get the job done and they want to carry on that's that's oh, the we've comedian seen it move. so many times that's man. the comedian move when you don't when you don't like the last laugh you got out on you you'll, you'll just you'll just and then it just gets worse and worse because then you become you start panicking yes and then the set goes worse and worse and then it's just like now it's 10 minutes later but so you've you've established this thing where if if the if the light has gone, then the crowd basically claps they the guy ready, off, yeah. like yeah. like like the Apollo in in Harlem for so many years. Yeah, did they do something similar? It, well, it was actually it was actually far more uh, brutal. It was if they didn't like what you were doing, they would just boo you off, and that was uh, what was so brilliant about that show. It was like this open mic, and it was uh, and it was and it became legendary. And it's like you had to go up, and you got maybe thirty seconds of leeway, and if you didn't make it happen, they would boo you off. Oh, yeah, that's that's so. That's terrifying. I mean, that's the extreme. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not the positive. And you guys have 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 come up with the the tempered version of everyone must respect this stage. Yeah, man, it's brilliant. Because uh, you know the thing is, we've seen it so many times at, at, at other places where they don't sort of control that. Mm -hmm. um, we like you say you, your last line, the line where you're expecting to get the massive laugh. Yeah, you don't get the laugh you want. You do another one, then you start panicking. And like you say, 10 minutes later, you're still doing the same thing. By the time the last act has to come on, that 10 minutes that you've taken yeah. might not seem might not be much to you, but it pushes the night out 20 minutes, half an yeah. hour. Now you've got audience members sitting that have been sitting for two, three hours. Right. They're getting tired. They're getting drunk. And they're just not paying attention to the last guy that's on stage. Yeah. Which then it defeats the purpose of having right. a headliner. A headliner, act. right. Exactly. Right. So, um, and even for the headliners, man, we're just like... If it's going really, really well, we leave you. Go do whatever. Yeah. Because it's the end of the show. If the audience is happy, you have yeah, fun. Yeah, and, and you also are giving the headliner the the respect that that says, 
You're he right. can tell. Yeah. He's 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 got enough experience that uh, if it if it starts to wane off, then he then he knows he can get out of there. Yeah. Which is impressive. And on on the flip side of that, we also like I know a couple of places that that force guys like if you're a headliner, you've got to do 25 minutes. If yeah. Anything under 25 minutes, then you've got problems. Owners are coming. And yeah, money. It's a money thing. We're not going to pay yeah. you. Yeah. Whereas with us, we like. If it's not going well, leave the stage. Yeah. Leave the stage because at the end of the day, it's not about you and how you feel as an act. It's about the audience. Did the audience have a great time? If they had a great time, they're going to come back and spend their money yeah. again. And that's what matters, which means we get a place to perform. They get a place to be entertained. So it's I, I feel like we've just we've just got to stop being so so strict with the, the timings and yeah. you know, that type of thing. But just understand that the audience has to has to come first. Yeah. No, I think it's really smart and it's really well executed. Um, what else was I going to say about that? That's that. Um, so, so you guys are running uh, a couple amazing clubs in in, in South Africa, uh, which is which is a it's a lot, and it seems like all these things are happening at the same time. You guys, are, you guys are just jumping in headfirst on everything. You got a Bram Fontaine, you got uh, the box, you got the the Mel the Melrose. Was I keep trying to call it Marble Arch Melrose Arch Melrose Room? Arch, yeah. It's Melrose Arch. We've got the Bromventine Club, um, and then we've got the Maboning Club. Which, well, Maboning's not a club; it's it's a theater. That's the box one. Yeah. The oh, box. Okay. So it's it's pop art theater. Yeah. It's called pop art theater. They do theater shows all, all week, um, and on a Sunday night for the past, I think it's six years. Yeah, six years. Oh we've wow. We've been we've been running. It's it's fifty rand per ticket. It has been fifty rand. Yeah. For six years, it's never gonna change. Yeah. So it's a five. That's a five dollar show. So do you run that show different uh, than than the the Goliath and Goliath comedy the Goliath Comedy Club? Um, well, it's it's set up the same. So we have the same three acts in the first three and the yep. second. Um, but there we've got a bell, the, you know, like the old school ring yeah, yeah, bell. Yeah. That's that's our thing. So we in Melrose, the wall changes from blue to red to let the act know that he's got two to three minutes left. Um, at the box, what we do is ring the bell once. So we ring the bell while you're on. When you're at your two minutes, that's to let you know. If you haven't finished in your two minutes or you're yeah. going over, ring the bell. Audience claps, cheers, sends you off stage. Oh, wow. um, but it's it's a tiny little, probably like a hundred-seater room, low ceilings. But it's take an intermission, Yeah, which is wild. Why is that wild? We don't do that. Uh, and whenever a venue says we're going to take an intermission, we say we will do anything we can to not get an intermission. Because to get the crowd back in the mode, you because... The host's job is to get everybody ready to go, and then they should be ready to go yeah, for the yeah. 90 minutes. But the fact that you guys take that break and have the confidence in the host that they can get the whole thing back, get all the energy back, is incredible. Yeah. It's no, well, I've never thought about it like that. Cause, cause, so with Brahm, we don't do we do not do a break. We do okay. it straight through. We do a shorter shorter lineup. Yeah. Um, and that's an, a 90-minute show, whereas our other shows are generally two hours, two okay. and a half hour shows. Um, and just for an audience member, I don't want to sit and be drinking beers yeah, while yeah, yeah. watching a show because the beers are filling my bladder and now I can't get to a bathroom. Right. You know, yeah, so it makes you uncomfortable. Audiences feel like they can't get up during the show because they're such powerful performers. I mean, exactly. Once you've established that thing, so okay, that's so that's intrigue. So that's why I didn't realize the show was running two and a half hours. So that does give the the opportunity, and also it does maybe it does condition the audience 
to be better audience members because they, they have they can get out of the moment for a second and then they get to come back and be in it. But generally, we're trying to run ninety minute shows in the U.S. and that yeah. that's the that's the cap because I think that is I think you're right I think but that's, you guys that's the max to sit down is yeah. about ninety minutes. But you guys have such a great culture that y- your audiences just keep rotating. So yeah, I've heard stories of guys doing f- like oh sure spots doing four or five shows a night. No no no, you can do fifteen sixteen shows a night if exactly. you're if you're the guy. You see, so with us, we don't have that culture. Yet, yeah, so we've still got a yeah yeah we, yeah. we can't do a 90-minute show. It's not going to be worth it for us financially. It's not going to be worth it for the acts. Um, We need... We want to give them as much time as possible on stage. So it just... uh, And that's the way it's been done. So like like I said, I've never considered the fact that taking that break... Sometimes we've experienced it sometimes where the break sort of changes the atmosphere and changes the vibe. Um, But... 95% 95% of the time it just we just pick it up from where we yeah, left off. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think I No, I think I I think I did all first break stuff. I'm trying to think if I did it after the break. Um but but it is it's it's it, it is a nice it's still the same. It's still the same thing and then and then what the headliner is able to get out of people. And then it is and then you have that two thing. You have, so you have the multi the 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 dual respect. So at a show when you say to a crowd this is the headliner inherently they go, "Oh, I need to pay the most attention. More attention, yeah, yeah. So you have that twice in a show, which actually is uh, is totally in your favor. So that's so that's awesome. So this is the one I ask a lot of people, and and uh, why are you doing comedy? What like what's wrong with you? Man, I love making people happy. Yeah, I love I love the seeing a smile on somebody's face that I put there. Yeah, um, and I was I was always just. I was the class clown. I was yeah. the guy who my friends always said, dude, you need to get on stage. You've got yeah, to get yeah, on yeah. stage. Um, I remember doing silly things as a kid, jumping out of trees, injuring myself just to get kids to laugh, oh, no get way. my friends to laugh. Um, and what happened is as I got older, I started watching comedy because I had no idea that yeah. comedy was a thing. Like this is a common, this is a common uh, South African notion because I grew up yeah. with comedy everywhere. So I knew that it was a thing from being, from being a kid. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how it worked, but I knew I liked it. Um, but uh, the common thread I keep hearing is that I didn't know it was a thing. And then I saw it, and then I was like, oh, I can do that, or I can do that. Like, a lot of comedians were like, I can do that better than the one that that's I just exactly, saw. That's exactly That's it. crazy. That's exactly it. Like, I remember my, my dad watched a bit of Richard Pryor and the yeah. Murphys. Um, but like you say, you know, you watch the thing, you laugh, and, and don't realize that you can go and do this. Yeah, thing. yeah, like, yeah. Especially in South Africa. At the time, I was a kid. There was still apartheid happening in the yeah. country, you know. So it was never a reality for me to yeah. be able to get up and talk to a room full of completely different people and just say whatever's on right. my mind. Um, I did hear this. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, the, no it's fine. Because uh, I, I, I spoke to uh, a guy who's, who's been doing it for a long time, but he's, you know, he's in this life where he's very good, uh, but he has a day job. So it's, like it's one of these things where it's like it, it, you just know that he's never going to fully be in the thing. Yeah. And, uh, but he had, he had all these stories of guys that he worked with that have been doing this for like, 40 50 years because they and they were like it's comedy is so good for the performer that uh these people were doing this illegally like they were doing it in situations where they could have been in lots and lots of trouble yeah Yeah. uh that's that speaks a lot to what what we chose to do no for sure um and like you say it's such a powerful thing man we we change the way people think we change people's perceptions we change people's view on the world um we've got so much power that it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. And the thing for me, like I say, at the end of the day, all I want to do is make you smile, man. Yeah. That's that's it. If I can get that, um, 
every day of my life, I, that's when I'm happy. Yeah. Well, then that's the problem, isn't it? it is it? Is it becomes that you need to do it every day? Because if you don't do it every day, it starts to affect your own thing. Yes. So that was those four days. I got to South Africa, and I was like, I don't even know how to relate to people right now because I'm not doing comedy. So I don't even feel like talking to somebody on the street. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it became a... I haven't been on stage since... Oh, no. New Year's Day. How do you feel? I feel terrible. Yeah. I feel terrible. Yeah. Because um, I was on holiday. I took my, my family on holiday. I'm married, oh, cool. wife, two yeah. kids. Uh, so we were on holiday down in Durban, and I was going to call the guys and, and, you know, try and organize a gig and get on stage. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a couple of gigs that happened there. Um, but the problem is that comedy just takes up so much time. Right. Like, I spend hardly any time with my family, right. with my wife and right. my kids. And I just made a decision, at which, for me, like, it hurt me to, yeah. to not... Make but a that's what, call yeah. But that's say, what that's what that's what having a family is. You got to no, take, you exactly. Take you've got to at some yeah. point you've got to just say because I've missed uh, the thing is I've missed too many things. Yeah, important things for comedy. Right, Fam- important family things to do comedy or comedy related stuff. Um, and I was just like, this is my time. So for the yeah. past two weeks, I've just been just been familying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having a good time. This is the first time I've had a mic in my hand. Oh, very I like good. I should tell you guys a joke, but I don't know if you No, no, no. It's not what this is for. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other problem. You, 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 I have the podcast, County's Best Kept Secret Show. I don't want, I don't want to have comedians come on and, and try to be silly and do the whole thing. The whole point of this is to try to get to the root of what any of this is. Why are we doing any Why of this? Why do we do it? Why and I don't, and I don't think, uh, I don't think a lot of people understand uh, as outsiders because I, I think a lot of people don't live a life where they have a passion that they, uh, that they get to live. And I don't think a lot of people have a thing that they saw and they go, no, that's the thing now. Nothing else matters. That's the yeah. thing yeah and that's what every comedian has and that's that's what's been brilliant about this trip is, is seeing that because you don't know i mean you don't know what what you're gonna run into when you go to other scenes and sometimes you go to a scene you go to a smaller market in the u.s and 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 there's there isn't that you know yeah. these guys are just kind of maybe blowing off some steam after work but you come here and everybody here is fanatical about comedy like all the guys that i know in new york and it's beautiful yeah. no because we we love comedy and and because it's still so new um the guys that are involved now are it's it's a family man it's yeah. a family you know we we support each other we get we're so happy with it that thing with Luisa Madinga yeah. the daily show i mean it's a huge thing for all of us because then it just means it makes it easier for the rest of us yeah. to to travel the route or go overseas or go to the states right. and do things which at the end of the day was never reality for yeah, us yeah 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 it's it's a mind blowing thing the fact that uh, my parents still don't understand. Yeah. Seven years of doing comedy. My dad's kind of cool with it. My mom's still like, when are you, you going to get yeah. Do you have medical aid? Right. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like, just leave me. Just let yeah. me do my thing. Let me just be happy. Because that's what we were trained to do. We were trained that you, you've got to have a nine to five. Right. You've got to have, you know, the, the savings fund. You've got to have all of these yeah. things. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy in your life. And, I've never been happier. Well, yeah, and that's the well, that's the problem with comedians. We look at that thing and we go, "That is that is completely backwards," but we don't know how to tell you that that's wrong. Yeah, because yeah. you're never gonna believe us. No, like, that's wrong. You won't understand it until you are in the thing. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. from the outside looking in, people are always like, "You guys are crazy." Yeah, but um, once you're in it, it's just like, why? Why would you want to work a nine to five? Yeah. it's the middle of it's three p.m. Yeah, people are at work in an office. They've been there. Since They've been there all day. Morning. 
they all they are doing is waiting for Friday. Yes. They're waiting for they're Friday. Waiting for Friday. They're waiting for lunch break. They're waiting for the exactly. things when they can take the coffee break. They're waiting to run to the restroom and and yes. and, and uh, play on break. in the internet. Do yeah, that. all the things. Yes, I didn't realize this is this is what I found out when I was working in restaurants. Everybody smokes in restaurants, and then I found out very quickly the only reason people smoke in restaurants is because they get to have it, go take a smoke break. I yeah. couldn't leave the floor if I didn't smoke, so people would like pick up smoking just so they could yeah. like not throw a soup on someone. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. But um, you know, like I always say to guys or to people, the I don't I don't have weekends, Fridays, and public holidays, and I have days yeah. that I work, days that I don't work. Right, and and that's that's the way I feel life should be. You shouldn't be forced to be at the office at yeah. three a.m. I I worked I worked in a in a corporate environment for nine years before yeah. I started comedy, um, and I hated every single minute right. of those nine years. Yeah, every single minute. So yeah, man, this this. Look at us. We're, there's a swimming pool. You can't <laughs> see the swimming pool, but there's a swimming pool. Dan and I are going to have a swim after this. Oh, I didn't it. know that was on the itinerary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm down. Um, yeah, man, it really is. Uh, it's something, and it's and it's and it's beautiful, and it's it's just it's just fun to see another culture embrace what I love. The whole point of the trip for me was to, was to really find out if the things that I say and the things that I talk about are universal. Yeah, and so far they have been. That's awesome, man. And then How long have you been performing, if I may ask? 12 years. I moved to New York with no plan uh, 12 years ago. I packed yeah. a car. Uh, I had a job opportunity for lots and lots of money, and I said, if I take that job opportunity, I may never fully invest in comedy. Yeah. So I worked four jobs. I literally had a job for every time slot. I had a job where I woke up at 5 a.m., and worked at a coffee shop. This is all at the same time. And then I went to work at 9 a.m. for a magazine as a as a managing uh, editor kind of thing. Um, and then and then I would work at uh, nightclubs. And then I would do comedy. And then I would yeah. do work at nightclubs at night. So there was like, I forgot to program sleeping in. Yeah, yeah. But I needed to do all the things just so that I would would maintain focus. And it's like there's a you know there's a part of me that said maybe if I took that job that big money job I could have done that for four years put all the money in a bank and then done comedy but yeah you know but I also feel like you get caught up in the in the thing like as because what happens is you get the big money job yeah then you get the big money job expenses right. and stress right. and things so now you got, you've got to get the house then you got the lady then you yeah. got the family then you've got to, you just keep spending and you know things and you just keep adding and adding that stress so the money that you think you you'd be saving i feel like you just end up spending elsewhere yeah. and just changing and then well, that's what's beautiful about new york or, or terrible about new york which is uh, and i found this up earlier early on it doesn't matter how much money you make in new york city you will spend all of it I think that's a worldwide thing. Yeah, that's that's. Th- it takes a very special type of person to be able to save. Yeah, the majority of yeah the money that. Comes well, there I guess, but there's a sh- there is a there is a threshold at some point if you're making significant money in some communities where you you've hit it. There's yeah. nothing more expensive than your thing, but in New York, there's always a thing more expensive. And if it doesn't exist the day you that you get to that next money level, then they invent that thing for you. They'll knock down a wall and they'll make two apartments yeah. one apartment, and all of a sudden now there's the thing. So that's what's that's what's what's ter- terrifying about New York City. I feel like that's the world, though. Yeah, it might and be. I, and it I might feel be. like we've been programmed also to, to always want the next thing. Yeah, we always want to have. See, as anybody told you, I've just. 
you look a lot like Daniel Deep Fried Man. Has anybody told oh, you? Oh, I met him the other Did night. Did you meet him? I you met guys, him the other night. So I came here without. I didn't. I wanted to make. I wanted to try to bring everything. It's three weeks, and I wanted to bring everything in one backpack. And so I decided not to bring a shaver. So this is what. This is the result of, of the fifteen days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not what it, you, what my life normally is. So I'm like, I'm really. I'm. I'm like, <laughs> oh, but it's I funny. I, and I'll take this as a compliment because he's very funny. No, he's, he's, he's a great. Fun. I love him, man. Daniel's such a nice guy. We so did a genuine. Boxburg show, yeah. and he's you know a lot of his act is contingent upon uh, um, all of his act. guitar, all of it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they couldn't get the guitar working, oh. and he, like, it's almost as if the audience didn't even know because he was able to. He he switched it. In, he just switched it into a freestyle rap with no background music, and then he did another thing. And he's got guy, and he's doing the act, and he's doing the thing, and he's got guys plugging stuff into his into his crotch, and he's doing all the things, and he's just lifting his arms so they try to do the thing, and he just carried on 20, 20, 25 minutes, and he probably only got a chance to do three or four songs. It was it was incredible. He's a professional. No, he's a genius. He's, he's very good. I've got I've got so much time and and patience for that guy. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. He's very good, and he's just a fun dude to be around. Mm. It is. It, it, I and it really, like you said, it it is a uh, an inclusive scene. You guys are all friends, and then as an outsider, there was that moment where I was like, "This could be terrible." Like they could be like, "We don't we don't care whether or not you're here. We don't we don't want you here." Um, yeah. But what happened was, uh, as a well, comedians know, so they so there was there was the the the. The three I got to the club so early the first yeah. day because I just I was like I have to be around comedy right yeah, now yeah. I was freaking out and there was a thing where they were like looking at me and they're trying to decide if they think I'm going to be funny so there was like a there was like an apprehension in everyone and Jason yeah. and, and Eric and all these people about how much respect they really needed to give me yeah, yeah. because also people have come from other countries pretended like they're going to do great and have failed on your stage so, so there was that thing and then so then I got off stage and then it like. Change. Everything opened. Yeah, yeah. They were like, yeah. they were like, thank God, thank you for being funny. Yeah. Uh, we have a show tomorrow night. We have a show the other night. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this one? Yeah. Do you want to go to Boxburg? Absolutely. But that's exactly exactly how it is, man. If you if you're funny, you're in. If you're not, yeah. yeah. Then what are you doing here? Go yeah. back to your day go job. home. Um, like and and unfortunately, like, not unfortunately, but what I've realized is, I th- there's a lot of guys that are performing that are amazing at the moment. Yeah. That when they started out were. Really shit, and, that, and that's the and that's the problem I have in New York is the, the when someone sees your twelve years of growth, uh, it doesn't like it doesn't look like it's an accomplishment almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, they they and then and I think we do this thing as comedians we only look at somebody every five or six years. Yeah. So there's people in New York that are looking at my performances from six years ago and remembering those, and it doesn't stack up to where I'm at now. And so it's like the the level of accomplishment in the scene that you spend all the time in. Uh, until, until everybody sees what you're what you're capable of is 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 like um, there's a there's like a a pause. I don't know. Yeah, I feel uh, like I'm getting more respect in South Africa than I do in New York. It's also oh, there's, 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 automatically there's also fifteen thousand comedians in New York City. This this is very true. Whereas I, I always say to the guys, I think in South Africa we've probably got guys that are worth worth the money. Yeah, less than a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, across the country, sure, this is probably less than a hundred, or let's say about a hundred guys yeah. that are worth the time. So yeah. th- I mean, I, I, I keep saying to the guys, if we just keep pushing, we can be the top one hundred. Yeah. in South Africa, right? Oh, that's the, yeah, and that's the 000. list, right? Yeah, yeah top one hundred is the list. Exactly. Yeah. When they are fifteen thousand, we are all there because we've started yeah. so so early, um, and it terrifies me. Like I've heard about the thing, things about U.S. and New York. Yeah. And, 
how there's there's fifteen thousand comedians. That's insane. Yeah, like that level of competition. Guy came up to me last night and said, "Hey, is it true that if I want to get stage time in New York City, I have to pay the promoter?" Yeah, we, uh, we've heard this. Yeah, pay to play. It's not. It's not certain. Gigs. It's not false, but it's not the norm. It's like yeah, there yeah. are open mics where. You pay five dollars, and you either the promoter keeps the five dollars, or they put it into a bucket, and then half of the five, you know, half of everybody's five dollars goes to one of the yeah. comedians. Whatever. The goal, honestly, of that initially, I think, was to keep comedians in the room because comedians do the thing; they come in. There's fifty comedians. If you if you're the fiftieth comedian, there's, there's no one left in the room. room. Yeah. So they're like, we're doing this thing so that, and they would give a hundred percent of the bucket. But then somewhere along the line, the culture became: if you're paying for the mic anyway. Mm. Then the promoter says, I may as well keep it because yeah. I'm doing so, work. So you do open mic and then it's just comedians, no audience? Yeah, no that's public? yeah. open mic is a proper open mic in, in New York. So that's where guys no are one just out there judging you. Just like no, one's, no one's listening. They're, they're scribbling in their notebook. And then every once in a while you might get this, ha! You know what I mean? This sarcastic, like they're yeah, on yeah. board. But I found early on working with, with great comedians, it, it just I just surrounded myself around comedians far better than I was a year in and they were they were eight years in. Yeah. And and I had that luck, but it but it it devalues you know it's tough because it's like every day it's like that's what I have to I have to get to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. To get always to that. chasing that. Um, but there was these guys that like they had no uh, emotion left for laughter. Like I was like, what? Ha I asked Nate Bargatze, who's now getting a sitcom in the U.S. I said, uh, what happens when something funny happens around you? And he just goes, oh, I probably just say, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And I was like, and that's what I was afraid of. Like yeah. that, that was my worst fear. And I, I think I'm there. I go, oh, ah, yeah, 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 That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. No. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Um, no, man, that, that's that's a terrifying thing, that, that you only have to perform to, yeah. to a comedian. Because, like, with us, open mics, um, you come and you perform on the lineup yeah. with, with guys that yeah, have been performing. Yeah, there's an audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and th you know, and that's and that's what it used to be. So it's like that's what happens when the whole thing gets uh, uh, homogen or not homogenized, just uh, uh, over overpopulated. Is what happens is it, you know some of the stuff starts to strip away. So so then the level oh. starts to because there's so many. So there has to be all of these things. But so, so that's, then that's happening now. Yeah. So there's no there's no real um, uh, takeaway for a headliner to come and do that open mic anymore. Yeah. Because there's nobody in the crowd. So they take and they take a room like. The seller, and they figure out the way to to uh, to put new jokes into a set that is otherwise promised. You know, it's like it's that kind of thing, yeah. and you know, and the seller has its has its uh, um, value in the market, just like your club. So it's it's twenty minute sets. Everybody has twenty minutes, and the crowd is now so excited to be there that uh, the threshold for failure is very low. Yeah. So yeah. you can try out new stuff as long as long as they know who you are, they know that you're on the stage, they know that there's a certain level of uh, of respect that you gain, so they give it to you. Yeah. And then you work that stuff so that you can do the the, the theater or the you know the um, the arena yeah. for some of these guys. No, because like that makes perfect sense. But like you say, as it's growing, so I'm at a point now because I I do the lineups for, yeah. for all the clubs. Thank um, you for putting me on them. Th thank you for, <laughs> for approaching. Sorry for the confusion at the other clubs. No. Uh, <laughs> but what I've what I've realized now is I'm sitting w in my emails. I've got probably about a hundred odd yes, unread mails right from guys Asking. who are saying, "Please, we need to get on stage." Yes, and across all of our clubs and spaces, um. I can't put can't all of those it. guys on, unfortunately. I want yeah. to give them space. And I also like to see them. I like yeah, to see the new course. talent that's coming up. 
Um, so what I've decided now is that we're going to have a specific open mic night. Yes. Which will be in Brown, but we'll still be normal yeah. public night. Audience will pay for tickets. Yeah. Um, we'll get a nice big host. Yeah. Somebody that can handle it. And just do 10 acts in a night, yeah. five minutes each. And, and they do they run. do something like this. One of the best open mics I've ever experienced was in uh, St. Louis. Uh, it's a St. Louis Funny Bone. And they had this open mic that there would be 150 people there every Tuesday. Uh, they're paying money. And they put on, you know, it's it's a it's a somewhat inclusive, exclusive list, right? So it's like they have twenty five spots, yeah. And you're gonna, and it's four minute sets, and they say, you know, guys show up, and you go in the room, and you write your name down, and if they know you, if you have have uh, credibility with the club, or yeah, if you're yeah. from another scene, you get a little, pre- you know, precedence, and then everything else, you get to go up. And for the for a year and a half, best open mic I've ever seen. Yeah, and now you know now it's starting to to slip a little bit, but but at the time it w- it was it was beautiful, and it's the same it's the same audience respect. Yeah, and that but type of show will work. So what what do you think is is causing it to slip after a year and a half? The predominant comedians who were the LeBron of the scene. Yeah, yeah. The guys that they look at and they go, "Holy yeah, shit!" Yeah. They've left. Right. They've gone on to Chicago and some other places. So what's left is sort of. Uh, the mid-level guys, okay. and they have nothing to aspire to. So I'll come back, and there will be guys that are doing the same set at an open mic that I saw a year and a half ago at an open mic. And there was a guy, Andrew Frank, who I had the the, 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 the wealth and, and, and wherewithal to work with. We worked together for, for two years. Uh, he would be my opener on the road, and we would do all the stuff together. And he would go every week and work really hard, and he would give them almost a new four minutes every week. Now, it wasn't a true new four minutes because I would see him do an hour and it's in there. Yeah, yeah. But he would make sure that the set that he was doing was either fresh, uh, had added things to it or whatever. Uh, but to the point where the other comedians in the scene were like, how is he doing this? Yeah. How is he giving us a new four minutes every week? But that is crazy, man. Yeah. Four minutes every week. That's, yeah. That, that's yeah. a lot of material. It is interesting and to see, too, that, that, that four minutes is enough time to, to gain credibility from a crowd and, and really get solid belly laughs. Yeah. So we do we do uh, what we call a 20 and 5. Yeah, I heard is, this. Which is a pr- pretty similar concept. Sounds smart. Saying the open, ni- open mic. Uh, just 20 acts, five minutes each, no host. It's just... Pass the mic. Yeah. Each mic, each act brings the next act on. And it's just high energy because what i love about that is you've got your open mic guys who are still sort of trying to get in um who only have five minutes of yeah. material um, this is everything they've they just have. been performing so what yeah. we do is take your five minutes and you perform it everywhere yeah. you perform every club you go to every yeah. spot you do your same five minutes well generally that's what happens and there's nothing wrong with that yeah, that's what Mi- that's, th- that's what michael che did he had he had probably the hottest six minutes in new york city and he just did it for a year yeah but and now he's in saying alive so when I started out, I, I said to Jason and Donovan, I want to be known as the guy who never does the same jokes twice. That's how little I knew about right, comedy. Right, right, like right. I right, was like, right. me, same jokes twice. I'm the twice. guy. Never, no, never. Never. Then I ended up doing the same jokes for three years. Yeah. Because you, well, it's because it's you figured out what comedy was. Yes. And I also figured out that the people that are seeing me tonight are not the same people that saw me last night. Right. They're not the same people that saw me last week. Right. Different venues, different areas, all have different audiences. And... 
for me, the most important thing, like I said, is delivering the laughs. Yeah. So if there's three people in the audience that have seen me do a set before, I'm not performing for those three yeah. people out of a hundred. Yeah, we get whatever. stuck sometimes. It's yeah. like we do that second show, and I ke- there's this club in, sa- in in Springfield, and then they'll just try to keep audience from the first show to the second show, and then you feel this pressure yeah, well, to not do the set that you've established. Exactly. But, I mean, if it's the same audience, then you don't want to do the it same It stinks, thing. yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... We, like I say, there's, there's 49, 50 million people in our country. Yeah. Um, and because comedy is still so new, probably only a percent, two percent of that audit of the country has seen comedy. Yeah. And it's growing every week. So I do a thing as well. If I'm hosting, I always say, who's here for the first time? Who's never seen yeah. my stand-up comedy? And I, and I was doing that because I, I was there for the first time. And yeah. almost everyone yeah. is there for the first Guaranteed. time. Guaranteed. Any room you perform at. Yeah. Go and ask at any room. And I, I, it's something I, I saw at Parker's. 60 to 80% of the audience are either new to comedy or new to the venue yeah. every single yeah. time. It's insane. And even at the box in Maboneng, I mean, that's been running for seven years. We have so many people who are who have been there from day one. Yeah. And yet every time we're asked, because you, you come as a, a day one, you bring next time, you love it, you bring your friends along. Yeah, of course. Your friends then bring their friends along. Yeah. And it just keeps growing. And you keep coming back and it just keeps growing and growing. So yeah. then I'm just like, we don't... Uh, it, it's important to have new material, but it's not. I, d- I don't feel like you need to be doing f- four new minutes no. a week. No, no, and 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 being able to. I mean, the 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 point what I made about doing comedy is you talk to guys and they're like, well, I don't do that kind of thing. I don't, you know, I just do it's off the top of the head and this and that. And it's like, you just go, well, that's not comedy. No. Comedy is figuring out the through line exactly every time. And, you know, Bill Burr will say it's not the same words maybe every time, but it's the same notion. Same story. And some guys will use the exact same words because they know what those words evoke. Jerry Seinfeld will use the exact same words because they know what that, that one word that you don't think matters changes the whole framing of the thing. And so doing comedy is to perfect the exact phrasing of what you want to do and to make it funny. Yeah. Going through your, your 10,000 hours. Cause you, you, and that's my problem with, with four minutes, four new minutes a week. Sure. Is that you're burning through stuff. Like yeah. I feel like you, you forget more yeah. of the material than you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so much. Well, stuff. here's the thing. Four new minutes isn't four new minutes, especially for like for like young comics, open mic comics. They're not coming every week, right? So all you yeah, have yeah. to no. do is you got a new joke in the middle. So four minutes might be a rearranged old four minutes. It might be, you know, it's like, so yeah, if you yeah. have 45 minutes, you're just switching, switching it all around, around just, and then yeah, you yeah. try a new one in the middle. So it's not it's not an exact, you know, but no, no, it, it's a I magic trick. I get that. I get you know? that. But what I'm saying is I know I know so many guys who are still, who still have that mindset that they've got to do new material yeah. every time they get yeah. on stage. Right. Whatever stage it is, you've got to do something new. And the thing for me is just that You'd never get time to perfect that yeah. five minutes. Like you, there are words that you can take out, words that you can yeah. add, phrases, change. You know, just performance. I've I've realized because it, uh, like I said, I did the same set for three years. Yeah. Um. But what that did for me is, it gave me a level of confidence that that nobody could ever give to me. Yeah. Nothing could ever do because because you know this joke I had is going to work a bulletproof fifteen minutes. Yeah. That I could go and perform anywhere. Verbatim, yeah. word for word, yeah, 
and I know that it's gonna smash. Yeah, I know that it's gonna smash. Yeah, which then even on even on the tired nights, even on the sick nights, even yeah. on the thing, you still you can still exactly. get in that but in that pocket. What that does for you, what what it did for me, confidence. Well, like I said, it gave me the confidence. Yeah, but also it just gave me a little bit more because it got to a point where I was just saying the thing. I wasn't really yeah performing. yeah yeah right. Then it well, I man. realized, but I can add performance to this. So yeah, you know my actions, my facial expressions, yeah. you know all of these things, um, that just then make the entire thing so much better. I love it. You basically just describe what it is to do comedy because we do this thing, we figure out, we figure out what's perfect, then we do that for a long time, then we start getting sick of it, and then we go, okay, what can we do? Because we've done three years of thinking that it's perfect, yes, and then you look back at it and you break it apart and you go, oh, I can add a thing here, yes, and I can add another thing here, and this is. This thing that was the, is way bigger now. Yeah. You take that first one liner that you had, and now it's a 10-minute yeah. gag. Yeah. And it's that's that's what I love. Yeah. You know, just watching the growth, the development fro- of, of new acts and see them coming up and yeah. working the material and seeing I guys do the same material and just changing little, little yeah. bits in between um, just to get that perfect, polished fi- final product. Yeah. Oh, man. It is fun. It is fun because I did. I have seen some guys on this trip that that uh, that that clearly are at the the max of their confidence point, but I can tell they haven't reached the accomplishments that they're looking for. But uh, there was a guy in particular, and I won't mention him, but he he's got a gag that I think is for most people probably a a, a one or two line bit, and then he starts shooting off into all these other yeah. uh, you know uh, branches. Actually, you know what? I'll mention it, but it, it's the it's the uh, um. It's the gag about uh, how the the Kruger Park lost five lions. Whose gag is that? Kruger Park lost? No, I don't know um, if I've heard that gag. It's 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 brilliant, uh, and it, and it has all these offshoots, and it's oh, and it's great. Oh yeah! I'm gonna show you who it is. Um, I I I go back and forth Where about whether or not I want to tell people, you know, who it is. It's like whatever. But it's, it's not a dog. It's a oh yes, yes. yeah yeah, and that's yeah, the end yeah. of it. Is the, the dog? But so. Um, that and, guy's and, brilliant, Just and it, and he's great, and and it's and and for, um, it was getting a little bit of a backstory. So there was a timeline where he was sort of like. He was getting good, but he it's it, to other comics it felt like he was like fine just being in the middle somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And then he got a couple uh, accolades, and then he really like looked in the mirror and was like, "Am I doing this thing or am I not doing this thing?" Yeah. And and then that's taken him to this next level. And and his confidence on stage is brilliant, and he's and he's so smart. Something what happened? Just put me. Oh, it's fine. It's a, so okay. Let, well, let's 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 address this really quick okay. uh, because because I was told I, I came here. So the U.S. is freaking out. They said you have to get the hepatitis A, you have to get the typhoid, and you have to get uh, malaria. All these things. So I came with malaria pills. I got a hepatitis A shot, and then I, I wasn't able to get the typhoid before I left. Um, You'll be fine. Well, everyone's been telling me now for the last uh, four days that there's no malaria in South Africa. So I stopped right. taking my pills, and then I just Googled malaria, and so that and it's and it's it's everywhere right now. This just this month because people go. Into Africa, like <laughs> actual Africa. I know a, a lot of Americans. I know you yeah. guys think South Africa and Africa is old. It's <laughs> just one thing. It is just one thing. But like in 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 the more rural parts of Africa, yeah. not South Africa, there is a lot of malaria. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where it comes from because people travel. People travel across yeah. across the borders all the time. Um, and 
they just don't take it is interesting. Not as serious as it is interesting because because people do freak out, right? So so I got a friend and I can't remember uh, where she's from, but she lives in Oklahoma City. And while I was I was posting on my Snap story just because it was fun, yeah. I suppose Snapchat is huge in the U.S. So I was posting on my Snap story about how I'm here for these vaccines. I've been there for two hours. All that's happening is the doctor is googling the same stuff I googled from the CDC, and he's telling me the information I just gave him back to me yeah. as if he's saying it for the first time. And, and then I got friends that are texting me. They're like, look, I've had malaria. I've had typhoid. I've had, you're fine. You're, f- yeah, you're going to yeah. be fine. Uh, but so, but there's, but there is this thing where, where like, I remember when Ebola was huge and we were all freaking out about Ebola in the U S and yeah. then you start doing the research and you realize like no one is dying from Ebola. Yeah. Like one guy died, one died and he yeah. like was he, like he, like his feet looked like they died three years ago. You know what I mean? Like this guy was not a healthy person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that. So there is that. But then the problem that you run into is is when you do get sick, you start Googling, and then you find that, that the symptoms for one sickness are the symptoms for all sicknesses. Yeah. So that's where like I'm at today. You must never. You can't. Like, yeah. That's something that I I learned. know you're not supposed to. No. I don't even. I'd never Google. If I'm feeling ill, I'll, you'll never find me on Google. <laughs> with, what does it mean if I have <laughs> right. a, su- a hot sweat I and think a rash I have a on bac- my armpit? <laughs> like, you'll never. Yeah. I think I have a, uh, I I a uh, flesh-eating bacteria, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what happens. This will be the last uh, now you, the last now podcast. You've got 10 kilograms of medication yeah. that you actually don't need. Yeah. I do I do want to do this just cuz it's timely and it's important to me to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my life it's been it's been uh, something that's been going on and and uh, it's the value of comedy which is why I highlight this. Uh, my grandfather's had Alzheimer's for 10 years. He's um it might not be 10 years, but it feels like 10 years. And, and so I've been trying really hard to perfect this joke about Alzheimer's. And I feel that I got there. And this, and this Christmas and this Thanksgiving, I played it for my family because for me, it was really important to see them uh, laugh at this joke and to make this funny for a catharsis. Yes, yes. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's to, so awesome. Can yeah. I just say that's – I'm so happy that you <laughs> – that you, that you. Like, I got a little bit emotional. And it was so <laughs> important. And, well, and my grandfather died yesterday. And, and I knew that the first thing I needed to do was go do a show and, and tell this joke. And I added a line last night that, that, was, that was beautiful. And, and it, it just speaks to what comedy is to the world and comedy is to us. Um, and it is. you know, it, And, and we, we do take these breaks away from our families and we do these yeah. things. But – I, there's no way to explain to someone how passionately we are obsessed with this thing, and that becomes difficult. But that's, but that's what I said. Though, th- unfortunately, you'll never understand if you're not in it. Yeah, it's yeah. There's, uh, there's no way to explain it. There's no. You'll never. You'll never be able. Are you going to tell me the joke though? Uh, I'll tell you the joke off. Yeah, it's, it's not. Oh, it's, it's not perfect here. Oh. Um, but I'll tell you the oh, joke no. off that's off fine. camera. And Can I tell uh, you what I thought you were going to say? What? Is, okay. I thought you were going to say my grandfather's got Alzheimer's. Um, but it's okay because he doesn't know. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the fir- yeah, that's the first one. So okay. that's so that's what we do as a comedian, right? We go uh, when we see another comedian set up set up a, a joke. We go we we start we start thinking. Yeah, we start so running ahead of. So you. they've set up the joke, and then and then, they, then there's the one there's the one route, which is the one you thought of immediately. That yeah. one, and then if he says that, you're like, we also come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> thought of that. How is that even a thing? Even though you thought of it, like it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. your comedic brain came up with it, and then they or they say a thing that you didn't say that's worse than the thing that you thought of, and you're like, this guy's trash. This guy isn't <laughs> even this long on stage. Yeah. Or the most beautiful thing happens, which is the third thing, which is they say something completely different than what you thought yeah, they were going to say. But it's and unbelievably funny. Right. And then you're like, respect, yes. that's the guy. Yes. So that's the value, the belief, and the, and the, and the brilliance of comedy. Uh, all across the world. I'm so happy to be in South Africa. I'm so happy to be with Nicholas Goliath. Thank you for having me. Thank uh, you for having Hopefully me, this so. is not my last time in South Africa. Hopefully I do not die of malaria in the next 24 hours. Um, I'm glad that you had me here. <laughs> 
Uh, can we plug plug whatever you would like to plug uh, for oh, Instagram? I don't know, Facebook, yeah. whatever you got. Follow me. I'm I'm Nicholas Goliath. N I C H O L A S Goliath. Like this. Um, and yeah, come to South Africa. Don't don't worry about malaria and typhoid. If you're going to Africa, like if you're going to Congo or Nigeria, take the things. But if you're coming here, it's good times. You're fine. fine. We love we love such nice lives here in South Africa. Come and have a braai. You have no idea what a braai is. That's fine. But just come and come and check it out. Come with Dan next time he comes because he's definitely invited to come back. What's interesting is everyone that I've met here has invited themselves to my house in the U.S. So that so now there's a lot going on. So oh yeah, a, that's why I said that you invited. I there's an exchange program now. With I didn't want to <laughs> put it on record, but I mean not today. I will see you. I'll send you my dates. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming. Uh, Comedy Biscuit Secret Tour podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play. Um, Podbean, all these other things that have that have come up in the last uh, six months. Wherever you found us, we are also on the other thing. We also have some brilliant content today on YouTube. You can see us and share us. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, thank you for listening.